0: hello and welcome to another episode of game notes your utah jazz podcast on the athletic podcast network i'm dave Defour and i'm stuffy this is tony jones and he's tired tony what's up buddy
1: I'm energetic. Well, you're
0: energetic I'm, as a personality, but tired today. Like, I don't know,
1: man. Mid-May yeah. is kicking our butt. Um so this would be the time in our lives where like the personal part of our lives are making us exhausted, but
0: yeah, it's not yeah, work related. It's not work related. It's not work related. Um well, Tony, let's uh let's jump in, man. We but we're are
1: happy to be here. We're, no, we're yeah, yeah, happy to be
0: here. Exactly, Super exactly. Happy. Lucky to be here. Even. Um, all right, let's jump in, man, because uh, the Jazz have been home for a few weeks at this point, point. and uh, feels like some of. The, oh, hold on. I was going to say, feels like some of the dust has settled a little bit, but still a lot of questions yeah. in the
1: air. So go ahead. W- w- what's your question? So here's the first question. Does the Mavericks performance now give you uh, a better feeling about where the Jazz were in hindsight? Mm. Because the Mavs have turned out to be a pretty dang good. Yeah, but I, I
0: actually thought the Mavericks were better than the Jazz anyway. So, not really. Yeah, yeah. You did. I was saying Absolutely. that the, that the Mavericks, I was like, I don't know, man. Sometime in March was saying that I thought the Mavericks had a chance to make the finals. um, And I just believed in them more. They're tougher. This is why, actually, what we saw in the Phoenix series was a continuation of what we saw in the Utah series. They were just tougher. Every single possession. Every single game. So, no, not really. But it, it, I think that if you're... If you're Utah, you probably say, okay, well, Dallas is really good and maybe better than we all thought because of the way they did handle Phoenix. So, I mean, maybe there's some solace there, but for me it doesn't change my opinion of the Jazz. I, I think that the Jazz's issues were pretty glaring coming into that series, and I wasn't surprised to see Dallas able to exploit them, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, this had been a, a question that a kind of – this has been a kind of discussion that it kind of filtered um, among jazz Twitter. Um, You know, I didn't really, I don't think I answered it or talked too much about it, but you know, my answer is a solid no. Um, I don't think jazz fans should feel better at all by what the Mavericks are doing because um, Utah's issues. I mean, beyond the physical issues and, and the structural issues, um you know beyond that you know that to me their issues they didn't play hard enough and they didn't play together and they didn't play for each other and you know I mean I I thought there was there was some resiliency um they showed some resiliency but they didn't show enough you know those are all traits that you know the jazz didn't show and and um you know beyond the lack of perimeter defense, lack of perimeter size, you know, all of the traits that I just said, those are things that you can control. And, you know, those are things that the Jazz can, that were within the Jazz's control that not only could have uh, helped them in that series, but, you know, those are all things that they didn't, you know, basically display since basically the, the start of the new year. So, you know, four months of stuff like that, and you know, if you, I mean, who knows how many games you would have, how many more games you would have won if, you know, you had been, you know, just played super hard all year, played together, you know, played for one another, you know, they might have had an extra six or seven wins and, you know, maybe they wouldn't even had to play Dallas in the first round. And they would have had a different matchup. So, um, so for me, the answer is no. I, I, if I were a Jazz fan, I wouldn't feel better about the Jazz about about where the Jazz ended up just because Dallas uh, is pro- pro- proved to be has proven to be a great team. So, what happens now,
0: Tony? Like we all assume there's a trade of some sort. What's the first domino?
1: I don't know what the first I know it it's impossible cuz I don't think the jazz, <laughs> you know because the jazz don't know what the first domino is and um I I do think that structurally I do think they they have they are making some decisions and you know I don't th- so structurally I think they are leaning towards and this could change Structurally, I think they're leaning towards keeping both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and trying to retool the roster around them. Um, you know, so what are we at? What is it? What is it? It's May seventeenth, right now we're recording this. You know, but we still have we still have four weeks. When's the draft? And June nineteenth,
0: somewhere around there. I man, I don't have my NBA calendar in front of me, but it's it's we've got it like a little over a month until the end of the finals, and then it's a week from that is the draft. So right, you're expecting this first domino to fall
1: at or around the draft. Right. I expect the first domino to fall at or around the draft. So we still, you know, basically have four weeks, you know, three weeks until teams start talking seriously and actually, you know, presenting stuff for four weeks until – you know, I think things start popping, um, you know, but the the jazz, you know, I think we can characterize them, you know, as as a trade team. That's the way uh, um, that's the way that they're going to retool their roster. I mean, they're going to do, you know, there'll be some stuff free agency because they have the taxpayer level. So that's six million and six million. I think you probably can get them a good role player. Um, but, you know, beyond the taxpayer mid-level, you know, they could either do once they could either give the 6 million to one guy or, or split the 6 million up, you know, which will probably give you two worse guys. Um, but beyond that, you know, they have, um, um, you know, vet minimum. So, you know, they're their avenue to retooling the roster is probably going to be um through making trades and you know whether they make a trade that gets them into the draft you know that's the question or whether they make a trade that you know brings a, a veteran you know that you know that that's the question um but you know let's say that they go let's say that they go the route of keeping mitchell and gobert then to me that puts enormous pressure on the front office um to get every move that they make this summer 100 correct like i don't think that they have i don't think the front office has any room um to to whiff on a move if that makes any sense no i agree um yeah yeah. just because you know so if if they're going to stay at the same level that they've been or, or, you know, improve. Um, The front office is going to have to have the summer of its life. um, For lack of a better term, it's going to have to score. The front office is going to have to score 40 this summer.
0: (laughs) So uh, it seems like the best teams in the league, right? The, The ones that have sustained success have followed that Spurs model draft and develop find Mm -hmm. second draft guys find discarded undrafted free agents things of that nature you feel like utah can just do a better job of that generally
1: yeah i mean it's it's something that you know they know that they're gonna have to do it's one of the reasons why they're you know double digit deep at the the combine this week with no draft picks um you know because they're trying to leave no stone unturned and you know they are currently hitting the the g league camp and um then they'll be obviously hitting the combine and um then they'll be you know um they'll be securing uh whatever one-on-one in-face interviews that they can uh and then they'll be um you know hitting the pro days so you know the front office is, is, is at, the, at the combine basically working 14 hours a day um, with no, as a team with no draft picks. And to me, that's pretty, that's pretty unique, but it says uh, a lot about where the, the Jazz are and you know just how exhaustive a process that they're going to have to go through. Uh, in order to try to make decisions and 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 make decisions on the roster. You know, the one the one team that really comes to mind that does a really good job at this is the Miami Heat, right? Like, you know, Max Struess is an undraft was undrafted out of DePaul. And, you know, now he's, you know, three years later, he's he's in the starting lineup at, as a shooting guard. You know, they did the same thing with. Uh, Duncan Robinson and, you know, not, I mean, of course they buried Duncan Robinson on the bench now, but you know, he was somebody that, that, um, you know, made $90 million after his first, uh, contract. So, you know, it's the, the jazz, you know, there, there, there are avenues to, to get stuff done, but you know, they, they've, you know, it's, uh, they're going to have to, you know, leave no stone unturned at all.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to michelobultra.com/slash courtside to learn more. Well, it seems as if. The logical conclusion to make is at the very least, this team is going to be built around Donovan Mitchell. It, it, you feel like that's a safe assumption to make?
1: Oh, yeah. that's definitely a safe right. assumption. Uh, uh, we'll you start know,
0: there. Let me ask you, Tony. Yeah. What does an ideal Donovan Mitchell centric roster look like to you? Because now, to me, I actually think that they've got the two core pieces, right? I think having uh, Rudy Gobert there with the way that Donovan defends. That's great. Now you got to fill around those guys. So like, who would you if you could just and we're going pie in the sky here. Who who would you go after if if you were the Utah Jazz this summer? Like whether it's trade or free agent, who would you try to get? I mean, let's let's be idealistic here. I mean, you know, Mitchell Bridges, right? Like I mean, aside from from the obvious guys that aren't gettable. Uh but but who who would you go after, Tony?
1: Um, so, to me, the structure that that Mitchell needs, if you're building around Mitchell, is Mitchell at the point guard spot. Then your three wings are all six six to six eight, and if you keep Rudy Gobert, let's let's say for sake of argument, Rudy Gobert's on the roster. Um, then, you know, Rudy's in the middle. Um, you have to have a secondary, um, you have to have a secondary creator. You have to have somebody who can create off the bench. Um, so I'm going to assume Mike, let's assume that Mike Conley's on the roster. Um, Then for me, I think Mike Conley is coming off the bench for the first time in his career. Um, You know, and then you could play him. You still play him 20 to 25 minutes a night. You just play him off the bench. Um, So then, you know, the Jazz have to figure out, okay, what are we going to do with the rest of the roster? And I would assume I would. Keep Bojan Bogdanovic on the roster as well. I mean, he's he's so good, um, man. Like he's just was so solid for yeah. them. And uh, Bojan, Bojan, to me is actual is an actual Bojan Bogdanovic to me might be Utah's catch twenty-two because he's their second best player offensively, and he was absolutely terrific this year. Uh, on both ends of the floor. He was the one guy in that playoff series. I than in Jordan Clarkson that uh, really decided that he was going to buckle down and defend on the perimeter. Well, Jordan Clarkson didn't do that. Jordan Clarkson was Utah's best player in terms of getting buckets. But Bojan was Utah's best player defensively on the perimeter. Um, and, you know, he was... For me, if it wasn't for Boyan, this would have been a five-game series. Um, so, to me, Boyan has to be on the roster, but Boyan also might be the only non-Mitchell Rudy Gobert guy that has fight because not only is he still good, but you know, not only is he still really good as a basketball player, but he's got an expiring contract. So he might be the only he might be the only guy outside of those two that can bring real value back to the roster. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but let's assume Boyan is on the roster. So you know, Donovan. So Donovan Boyan and Rudy are, you know, three fifths of the starting lineup you know what do you do with the other two-fifths of the starting lineup so that's the question maybe you so I think you could maybe you call Washington and try to trade for Contavious Caldwell Pope um
0: I mean listen Casey I've been on the KCP bandwagon for years I thought that even in in Detroit, he showed so many flashes of being like a, a solid fifth starter, fourth starter guy. And then what we saw with him in the Lakers, I mean, he would be excellent next to Donovan Mitchell. Um, mm. I still now that being said, he is not some sort of stopper, but he's a very, very good defender and a reliable three point shooter who will get shots up in the jazz system. I, I, now, Casey, that's a good one. You know Kyle Kuzma is not, uh, not to just stick with the Wizards, but Kyle Kuzma would be a really good fit for this team. You need a guy who can defend like that and who can stretch the floor, man. Yeah,
1: I think uh, I don't. Why would it well, a the Wizards trade him? Well, that's the thing, right? They're not going to trade. Well, we're going pie in the sky, Tony. Come on, we're, see, we're dreaming can, here. I can, I can see and see. I can't go pie in the sky. <laughs> I got. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the other team too. The other team has to say yes. So. I can see the other team saying, yes, we'll trade you Contavious Caldwell Pope if you put together a good enough package. So I can see the Wizards doing that. Like, if the Jazz called the Wizards and say, hey, we want to trade for Kyle Kuzma, they'll be like, why would we give you Kyle Kuzma? He's our best player. So I don't see the Wizards trading Kyle Kuzma. Um, you know, I... It, I don't think the jazz would trade for Gordon Hayward at this point. So I don't know if that a trade there would work. Um, What could the jazz put together for Jeremy Grant? That might be the guy guy.
0: I mean, I, I just, they don't, I don't think they have the youth that Detroit probably would value. If if that makes sense. Like, you know, who's a young guy that they could include that would inspire Detroit to go for for a package from Utah because they're likely to not have a very good draft pick. If they still got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, those picks aren't aren't worth that much, man, cuz you know that with Rudy Gobert you're going to have a top 5 defense and you're going to be somewhere probably in the top 6 in the west. And if they add Jeremy Grant, That's you know, right. I, so I just don't know but, how they could possibly win a Jeremy Grant
1: sweepstakes. I don't know. If you, if you trade a 2026 first round pick, the Jazz in 2026 are not likely to have Donovan Mitchell on the roster.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: And they might not be likely. In, in conjunction with that, they might not be likely. To that's
0: to a, a that's the gamble there. that you're hoping Detroit wants to make. And if you're Utah... You're almost pushing your chips into the table there and saying, We're finals
1: or bust. If you're Utah and you trade your 20, trust me, is what are we, 2022? If you trade your 2026 first round pick for Jeremy Grant, you're giving yourself a two year window to win a championship. And, um, maybe a one-year window, probably a two-year window to win a championship. And you might be screwing your, like, we might wake up a 20, we might wake up June 1st, 2026, and the Utah Jazz are in the fifth pick of the 2026 NBA draft, and that pick is going to the Detroit Pistons. And Jazz fans are really, really upset.
0: That's Tank City. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. That's Tank City with no hope. So I don't know if Jeremy Grant's realistic, (laughs) right? Like, how do you get people to show up to an arena if your team doesn't have good players or coming draft picks, right? Like, you can't even sell hope at that point. So I I just don't think you can sell those picks, Tony, or trade them.
1: Actually, actually, actually. I'm I'm not thinking fourth dimensionally, like Doc, <laughs> Doc Brown told Marty. There you go. Hold on. Because the team, I'm sorry, because it, let me keep going further. If the team doesn't have Donovan Mitchell on the roster in 2026, it's going to have a 2026 first round draft pick. Because that trade is going to get you a, there a you draft go. That's pick That's a good back. point.
0: That's actually a really good point, Tony. I'm glad I'm glad you corrected it because I was just like, oh, my God, they can't trade him. Oh, wait. Yeah, they would get some picks back. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. But, okay, but so. Hold on. Two now, two here's the thing, though, so Tony. It, like, if they trade Donovan Mitchell, it's not like they're going to trade him to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Right? They're not trading him to a team that's going to tank. So, if they don't have, if they're bad in a year where they don't have their oh, own buddy, pick.
1: Just, listen, listen, just trade him to my favorite team. We'll find I a way I know to exactly it the angle you're making there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um well they will find a they will find a way to screw it up. We will find a way to be a 35 win team with them uh, on the roster. Uh let's let's flip it to Rudy,
0: right? What is a Rudy like I mean there's no chance, well, can't say there's no chance. I don't expect him to trade Rudy Gobert.
1: I, mm-hmm. like, you know like I like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I think the Jazz today currently are leaning towards bringing both back and retooling the roster and trying to retool the roster around them. Those two. Um, can things change? Yes. I you know I don't know if they change around Rudy Gobert. I do not expect anything to change around Allen Mitchell. I think the Jazz are. I don't think the Jazz have. have I don't think the Jazz have any interest whatsoever of trading Dallas.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. And they shouldn't.
1: But I I don't think that they should Uh, trade Rudy Gobert either. I don't think they should either. And because I just think I think when you have two legitimate all NBA type talents, whether they make all NBA or not, I think when you have two legitimate all NBA type talents, on the same roster in salt lake city utah that is hard to do and they're in their primes and they you know like you said um their strengths and weaknesses line up with each other's um so i i just think that they need to suck it up and keep both of those things and 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 ride that train until the wheels fall off you know what yes, i mean i agree because
0: tony the reality of the situation is you're not signing free agents there. Not not you're not going to sign yep. a star. And you might have two. Right? Like, I mean, you at least by by today's standards, you have two. And now you need to build a good team around them. Yep. And I actually think this is a good team. It just it has glaring weaknesses. And it's tough, man. You're competing with 30 other teams. Well, not the not the really bad ones, but you're competing with 20 other teams. You know, some of them in nice places like Miami and Los Angeles. You know, it's just like it it is the the reality of the situation. Not that Salt Lake City isn't nice, but the reality of the situation is there is big-time competition to make a good team. And look, man, having players the caliber of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert already on the roster, that's 40% of the job. Right. You can't give up on it because it didn't work. Three seasons. Do you know what I mean? Like they're 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 not far off. They just have to. They've got to fix the margins.
1: You know, I, they've got to fix the margins. And and one of the reasons why I say that the jazz just, the jazz front office just has to have a great year is because I think the Western Conference is legitimately going to be insane next year. <laughs> I mean, it's already um, insane, man. It's already insane. I think the Western Conference might be generational on that shit.
0: It might just be Luca's now. Have you thought about that, Tony? What if we're what if now this is the Luca era, and everybody's going to have to go through Luca?
1: Well, he's got to win this series for that for for us to say that that's what the case. This is. This series,
0: I don't I don't know if he has to win he's this got, one.
1: Or, I think he has. Like, we can't say that. Uh, of what the Western Conference goes through, a guy that hasn't has never won the well, Western Conference it? yet. So he might, but I'm just saying, like he's if he wins this series, then yeah, we can be like, yeah, you know what, you know, Luca, the West is yours until further notice. Um, but also, fle- winning is way too fle- I agree. fleeting. I agree in the NBA at this point and and you know the Western Conference and I mean the league is way too wide open at this point it's the most parody that we've seen in, in years. So, I mean, look, you know, just like Phoenix last year, they, they faced, um, no Kawhi in the, in the Western conference finals. Um, they faced, you know, a, a 50% LeBron and, and no AD in the first round. And then you know, they got a great matchup with Denver in the semifinals. You know, it can happen to Utah or it can happen to Golden State. Well, you know, it happened to Golden State this year. They they got no John Morant in the Western Conference semifinals. Like, you just never know. So, you know, if you're the Jazz, you keep yourself in the hunt. And, you know, one day, you know, you don't wake up and say, oh my God, you know, we got luca and then we got phoenix and you know this is this is a really hard path um to this is a really hard path but you know so i i just i just think you keep yourself in the hunt but yeah the western conference next year just just might be generational um because the clippers are going to come back at full strength and um you know we'll see if lebron and ad can stay healthy and, you know, Minnesota's here and uh, New Orleans, the the Pelicans are coming and it's just going to be really it's, it's just going to be stacked. It's going to be a stacked West.
0: All right, Tony. So what are you working on right now as we're looking ahead for this team and the stuff that they need to do ahead of the draft when they don't really have any picks?
1: Yeah, um, the Jazz are going to start having they're going to have draft workouts. With no picks, Um, you know, so, you know, we'll try to work on that and try to keep busy over the next four weeks until um, until everybody and until, you know, they're like, you know, things start happening and teams start having to make decisions. And, you know, just it's very this is very much the calm before the storm. But, you know, I think a big domino is going to fall. Um, on Tuesday night, you know, once the, um, um, once the, the draft order, yeah, the draft be. lottery, uh,
0: tonight as we're recording on, on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, if anything kind of develops over the next few weeks, we'll be popping in. Uh, we are kind of going into our off season schedule at this point. And, uh, Tony, any, any sort of closing thoughts as we just look back on this season, aside from the fact that I was right the entire time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were definitely <laughs> right. I mean, listen, man, you deserve you deserve your victory lap. You you were absolutely right, and um, because we argued on the pot over the Jazz and Dallas, and I was just like, no, Rudy Gobert is going to average twenty nine and twenty seven through the series, and that was not the case. So you were right. I was <gasps> well,
0: wrong. guys, you heard it here officially. I think that's a great place to close for the illustrious Tony (laughs) Jones. I am the humble Dave before this has been game notes on the athletic podcast network. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events,